Thank you for joining us for another episode of Handle It. I'm so excited because today we have Mike Linville of Black Dog Marketing. I met Mike at the NAPS conference in 2016, and I was super, super impressed by his presentation. He really was so helpful in taking us from like how to really start your email marketing campaign and, and make it grow and get your business just booming. So I'm going to introduce you to Mike, who's on the call with us. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for being on the show. Um, so Mike, he has a he's a marketing expert for business owners who demand results. And through his personal coaching, training programs, and done-for-you marketing services, he's here to get you on track with your marketing so you can finally build that business of your dreams. His insights have been featured on Inbound Now, Pet Product News, and Pet Life Radio. And he's worked with some of the largest names in the pet industry, like Vet Street, Bark Magazine, Dr. Marty Becker, Red Barn Pet Products, and even The Honest Kitchen. And when not sitting in front of a computer or whiteboard, Mike can be found in an obstacle race, a loud concert, or just hanging with his newfie Milo. So Mike, thanks so much for being on the show, and I'm so excited that you're here with us and not on an obstacle race right now. (laughs) (laughs) And is your new fee Milo sitting at your feet right now? Awesome. Well, so I just wanted to, before we really get into email marketing, which is super exciting stuff, um, I wanted to ask you, what were you like as a kid? And did you always want to own your own business? And were you always fascinated in, in the internet and email marketing? Take us back a little bit. <laughs> that wasn't me. I was, um, you know, <laughs> I was lazy. I liked to play video games, and that was basically about what I liked to do. So, you know, I definitely didn't come from a background where, you know, entrepreneurialism was in, in the cards, or at least it didn't show itself early on. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I actually started, actually it wasn't until I got into the service when I really found out that, you know, I was more of an entrepreneurial as opposed to a government employee type of a person. Oh, tell us more about that. So, I, uh, after high school, uh, again, I wasn't a great student coming up. You know, I just, I was bored in school, didn't do a lot of studying and all that other stuff. So, I graduated high school, but I wasn't ready for college. So, you know, my parents gave me the, the gentle nudge, like, you go to college or you go do something else. Mm-hmm. So, I joined up, uh, I joined the Marine Corps because I thought, you know, hey, they've got cool uniforms, <laughs> like it probably something like that so i joined the joined the the, the marine corps and it wasn't until i i got into that type of a job where um you know the struggle was real right i mean for for me if i look at a problem i like to talk about it i like to work through it i want to be able to come up with the most effective solution and in the military you don't do that you just do what the guy above you said does 
without talking about it. You know, I was, I did a lot of push-ups. I came out of the military in really great shape. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because I was always gonna, I was always the one that was, well, why? Let's talk about it. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was always the one that was behind push, doing push-ups and everybody else was doing their thing. But, you know, when they, when they asked me after my, after my term was up, if I wanted to re-enlist, I just kindly thanked them for their time and, you know, just, we, we agreed to disagree and, and we went our own separate ways. I mean, I'm super proud of the time that I spent. I think military time is, is a great opportunity for a lot of folks. It just didn't end up being the career for me like it is for some. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your service. That's awesome that you are in the military and and it does it teaches you so much about you know just just really being part of a a team and an organization and following systems and processes and so I'm sure that you kind of take that and apply it to your your clients kind of strategies would you say that you do that at all any good strategies for that because I think a lot of us you know it's it's almost difficult to have that willpower to do things the same way every time and to be super consistent what's your strategy with that Awesome. So, Mike, when did you, you said you started your business 19 years ago. Um, so why did you start it and what led you there? <laughs> That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I got out of the military. Uh, it was, I don't know, right after Desert Storm. So, uh, you know, late, I guess early 2000s. So everything was good. I went back to school and what I did was at the time I was going back to school for engineering. So when I was in the service, I worked on this old antiquated electronics equipment. So I really enjoyed that. And I was like, okay, well the next natural extension is going to be electrical engineering. So I got out, went to school for electrical engineering, got an internship with the, the local city, city of Sacramento. And I was doing that every day, but you know, that wasn't really paying for my rent and paying for my food and paying for all those other things that we need to live and survive. So I started doing web stuff, and this was like late 90s, mm-hmm. so it wasn't, um, I mean, it, it wasn't as prevalent as it is, is now. I mean, people that could do web 
web stuff. Uh, my first website, I think I built it in like some sort of a Yahoo builder. It had flames in the background. It was really Oh, cool. nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What I realized is that as we started doing it, I was talking to more people and, you know, oh, my buddy would introduce me to somebody and go, oh, hey, you know, Mike does websites. So we started doing that. And what I realized was that I really enjoyed the communication. Like, you know, the engineering, I like like the math and I like the, the nerdy part of that. But I also enjoy kind of the social interactions with business. And what I enjoyed was going out and meeting new businesses finding out about their business models because everybody's got different business models and how they make money and how they interact with their customers and then coming up with a solution that was going to help them take what they do and leverage that online. Mm-hmm. So that part then started becoming more enjoyable than going to the engineering you know, internship that I had. So when I graduated college, I actually graduated from um, UC Davis. I had a double major in engineering and you know, material science. Like I was supposed to be some sort wow. of nerdy guy. Yeah, I know, right? I was supposed to be like some sort of, you know, nerdy guy that's sitting in a clean room making wafers or doing something weird like that. But, you know, I ended up just continuing to build websites because I found that more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And also, I think a lot of people, they think, okay, I'm going to put my website out there and then people will just go to it and find me. But the truth of the matter is, it's a whole entire system and there's a formula to it. So, um, but before we dive into that more... What's the name or what's the story behind the name of your business? Because I just think it's it's so cute. Yeah, no, 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 totally. So, um, so like I said, we've been doing this for, for 19 years. And when we got started, we got started working in the construction industry. Um, and I had a buddy of mine that was a custom home builder. And this was back in the late 90s. And we were, we basically created an online directory of construction contractors across the globe, right? So... We started in the construction space, and as that business kind of molded and we started doing more web, we were like, you know, we need a better name. So we started doing a bunch of names, and we went through a few different naming iterations. And early 2000s, we were going through, like, the third different naming change or whatever. And I wanted to do something cool and creative, like, you know, Zipfish or something that you can get out <laughs> of Silicon Valley. And at the time, my business partner was my brother, and he had this black dog that he brought to work every day named Henry was a flat-coated retriever, and that dog was a ham. So <laughs> I kept on coming up for Zipfish and all these other cool, like, you know, hipstery names and things that would be slick, and he kept on saying, nope, it's got to be Black Dog. It's got to be Black Dog. So he finally wore me down, went ahead and went with Black Dog, and turns out that that was probably one of the best decisions that we've ever made because, you know, I can't – rarely do I have a conversation or I introduce myself or meet somebody at an event or something like that Everybody has a story. Either they have a black dog, they had a black dog, mm-hmm. or you know something else like that. So I love it. It ends up being a great icebreaker, and it's super memorable too. I think you know I I have a tendency to make names too complicated. Like the name of my, one of my businesses is Dogs Energy. People are like, what? Dogs energy? Dogs energy? It's ugh, it's a headache. But anyways, I love yours. Um, so do you mostly work with businesses that are in the pet industry? Or how did you get from construction to working with pet business owners? Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, from construction to associations. To, you know, we, we've run, you know, we've done a lot of different stuff. Um, so do we, do we primarily work in the pet industry? No, I would say that probably maybe 
20 to 30 percent of our work is in the is in the pet space. Um, and, and the reason for that is just because in the pet space, what we found, and we've been working in the pet space for you know close to probably a decade or so now, mm-hmm. is that um, the people that are in the pet space, and it's not just the service providers, not just pet sitters and dog walkers and people that you would think that were on a little bit on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of business um, acumen or whatever, but the million dollar businesses, they're really um, not great at marketing a lot of times. Like I've, I've had clients that are $10 million plus businesses, and when we start talking about building email lists and remarketing and funnels and those things that you know should pretty much be common, at least you know words that we're passing around in marketing conversations, just over their head, like clueless. Hmm. Like, okay, well, if, what if I told you I could add $2 million to your bottom line this year? Would that be interesting to you? <laughs> Very. <laughs> let's, let's, let's sit down and have a fifteen-minute conversation, and I'll show you how this works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you know, a lot we do a lot of I guess a lot of the energy, and a lot of time, a lot of we're building products right now for the pet space because you know even though we've got clients that are institutional, we've got clients that are larger organizations. You know, I come from a construction background. I have built my own business, and I've been solely responsible for you know paying my mortgages, putting food on the table since I was 18. Um, so I have a soft spot in my heart for small businesses. So I really mm-hmm. try to come up with solutions that are going to help small business owners. Because quite honestly, small business owners, when you start talking about everything that's responsible for a website, right? 10 years ago, you could talk about a website and it was basically an online brochure. And if you made some sales, awesome. It's not like that anymore. There's too much competition. You know, there's that, that, that mm-hmm. concept of, market sophistication and we're seeing that in the pet space right now right care.com got 40 50 million dollars um you know there's there's a lot of these other uh these organizations that are getting venture funding i mean there's you know smart people behind them so they have valid business models so i think what we're going to see here in the next couple of years is that the people that are in the pet space there's going to be a lot of people that get left behind right yep sadly we're seeing it already Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's unfortunate right because Mm-hmm. that in order for somebody to be successful in online marketing, it has absolutely nothing to do with the quality of the service that they provide. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the fact that they are more knowledgeable than something. So you may take a look at two different customers. Let's say, for example, dog walkers. If I've got two different dog walkers, I've got one dog walker that is you know, maybe a, a, a woman that's retired. She's in her mid-50s. And she just, she's awesome. She's worked in the pet space. She's all kind of certified and stuff like that. But maybe she's not as great about at, at online marketing or she's not as comfortable with technology as opposed to somebody that's brand new, 32 years old, and can come out and just crush it with the SEO stuff. That person, that's, see, that's, that's unfair, I think. It's, it's people that are, that are just better at the game are going are gonna to start winning as opposed to people that are better at their job. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. That's it. That's not. That's not right, right? Because it's our pets that are going to ultimately end up paying the price. So, you know, we want to try to. If ultimately the goal is to go out there and kind of rattle the people's cages that are really good at what they do and say, look, we need you in the industry. Like this is, you are the reason why everybody can have safe pet care, but people need to know that, and right now they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's it's so true, and these big companies they have 
just so much money from the venture capital backing that it's really tough to go up against it because that's the other thing with online marketing is that in order to win, you got to find what your best conversion is and just dump a ton of money in there and just run with it. And and it is. It's too bad because there's a lot of really, really amazing professionals out there that are that are more qualified but are getting overshadowed. So um, so for our listeners who are entrepreneurs who are just getting started or maybe they're just getting started in online marketing, what is the very first step to starting a list, building it, and and kind of getting that, that engine going? She doesn't have her systems in place. 
Right. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people are just super intimidated and they also will go online and they'll learn how to do a few things. I, I might be guilty of this, just saying, <laughs> where I try to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. So I'm a huge pasta thrower. And then I, I'll find something that Exactly. And then, okay, that that works. So I'm going to spend all my time on this or I'll spread myself thin because a lot of things kind of stuck. And then I'm spending money, you know, all over the place instead of kind of really dialing in on what works and then spending money there. Um Exactly. And and that's what I tell people too that are who are just starting out with a lot of this with blogging for instance is you know you think or just putting your website up. I mean in so many ways you put so much pressure and emphasis on getting it done and then you launch it and then you're like okay where is everyone? <laughs> um but what I tell people is that you have to blog consistently for at least 6 months, at least once a week at a minimum to even see anybody coming back to your blog. I mean, would you say that's true? That's, that's absolutely true. And what we're seeing is we're actually seeing that six months. It used to be three to four months. Right? Mm. Now it's six months. Mm-hmm. And we're actually seeing that stretch out. And again, you know, there's there's an opportunity, there's a window of opportunity. And for example, right now, if you're in the pet space, that window of opportunity is really closing. If people jump in on that stuff right now, they can get in and, and they can 
disrupt the pattern. They can be the go-to in their, in their industry. If mm-hmm. they let, you know, care.com spend another $10 million on advertising, I mean, you can't go to any, you go to Google, type in any major city name or even any small city name and the, the keyword pet sitter, dog walker, you know, CPA, you're mm-hmm. going to find that the top three or four spots on all those pages are going to be by the people that got the money or by the people that had the money. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is, yeah, care.com can do that. Dog vacay can do that. You can check out all the groups. The professionals aren't really that happy about those. But again, that doesn't matter. users are the ones that are getting, they're the ones that are making the phone calls. So as yep. a professional, it's not enough just to say, oh, that that's not a good service. Your customers don't know. You've got to educate. That's part of that. That's part of the nurture process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have that problem with the education right now with Handler, our platform, is because, you know, we're not online scheduling software. We're not a dog vacay or rover. What we are is we're kind of in the middle where we're trying to give existing small businesses who are professionals, who have people that work for them. We're trying to give them the same type of platform or technology that a lot of these huge on-demand companies are using. And then we're trying to give it to them so that they can compete with that sort of user experience that people, customers are demanding now. They want things on demand on an app. But it's the education process that we struggle with, which is why we we have a blog and we have a podcast is we want people to know that we're not those things. We're totally different. We've created our own different bucket and we're trying to invite people into it. So it is. Exactly. Small businesses, you can differentiate yourself because there are things that you can do as a small local business 
that Rover.com, Care.com, is never going to be able to do, right? They're never going to be able to get detail about the local the local area. They're never going to be able to come up with things like, hey, here's a list of, of approved groomers and vets and, you know, really get local. So, you know, for companies like this that are local, I love what you guys are doing. And then on top of that, it's just a matter of, you know, do what's you. I mean, come up with something that's like uniquely you. Tell people about your area because there are things that you can't do that these other or that you can do that these other big companies can't. That's where mm-hmm. people find their differentiation. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So, and as far as like getting going, like we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening that are just starting. And so I think the biggest thing is we, is I tell them, okay, you need to have a website. Maybe you need to do blogging, but if you're doing blogging, it's a waste of time if you don't have a newsletter or a Facebook page or Twitter to blast it out there to get it in front of people. So is there is there a magic formula that you've found, or is it different for all businesses? Um, you know, that's, a, that's actually a really, good, that's a, a really good question. And the short answer is it's slightly different for a lot of businesses, but for most businesses, the process is the same. So you're right. The very first thing that we need to do is we need to be able to come up with, you know, the, the foundational work. So no matter what you're doing, if it's a product or a service or you're big or you're small, you've got to know who your customer is, right? Because all good marketing is going to speak specifically to that one particular customer. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me give you an example. So, and I think I did this actually when I when, when we were at that uh, the NAPS event mm-hmm. was, um, let's say I have two clients that are, that are dog walkers and, you know, one client is a, you know, a 65-year-old woman who does this just as a way to generate some side income so she can help, you know, make ends meet. The other couple, the other is a couple of 20-somethings just fresh out of college that are, uh, you know, that are trying to do this thing on a bigger scale. So if I know that I've got those two different people, even though both of those people are pet sitters, the marketing that I would do to one, you know, what's what's interesting to the, to the older woman or what's interesting to the younger couple is going to be completely different than the other person. So mm-hmm. you know, we've got to understand who we're talking to because if you're talking to me and you're saying things that aren't of interest to me, I'm just going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. I probably won't even unsubscribe. What I'll probably do is the worst thing is just become disengaged and go away. That's that's the worst. At least if somebody unsubscribes, you know that your content wasn't what they were looking for and you can go back to it. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, so the first step is always going to be get that strategy right. The second step is going to be Get your foundation set up, right? Because the SEO does take a long time. Launch your website, but don't spend a ton of money on all the bells and whistles, mm. right? You don't need to spend $5,000 on a completely custom design when you're first getting started. Mm-hmm. What you really are interested in when you're first getting started is to have a website that is structurally sound. That's what's going to benefit your SEO the most, right? So get your foundation, set up your website, and then once your website is up, then you take a look at things like, okay, how am I going to generate leads, right? Most people that have a website want their website to generate leads or they want to do that. So what am I going to, how do we do that? What kind of a lead magnet are we going to put together? You know, once we have that piece, then we can start taking a look at, okay, now the website is set up the way that I need it set up. What's an example of, sorry, really quick. What's an example of a lead magnet? Because a lot of these words, you know, a lot of 
entrepreneurs aren't quite sure. So I want to make sure they can walk away from this with a lead magnet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they're good, right? So they'll probably get you to buy some stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, so what a, what a lead magnet is, is when somebody comes to our website, no matter where they come from, if it's, you know, they come to our website, we have statistically about a 2% chance to close business off of that first engagement, right? That first time that somebody comes, sometimes people just need the stuff, right? If, mm-hmm. if, I'm, a, if I'm a house sitter... I've got my air, airplane is leaving tomorrow. I'm I got to get out, right? So, two percent of the people are going to do that. The other ninety-eight percent of people, ninety-seven to ninety-eight percent of people, are going to leave your site. And are they going to come back? We don't know. So what we do is we say, hey, let's try to grab, let's try to take control of that conversation because if I can get somebody's name and their email address, even after they leave my site, I can still continue to roll that conversation. Right? I can still continue to have that conversation with them via email or you know, via some sort of a retargeting pixel on Facebook. Or those are a little more advanced strategies. But at a very minimum, what a lead magnet is is something that says, hey, this is something that I know is of value to you. Right? Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, we used to just put a block on our website that said, hey, sign up for my newsletter. Mm-hmm. And people would do it. Okay? Because ten years ago, email was kind of novel. Right? It was like, oh, cool. Hey, you've got mail. Exciting. <laughs> people are like, Ugh, it's the bane of their existence, right? So sign up for my newsletter so that I can send you more crap is definitely not going to get people off the fence. However, if I, let's say, for example, okay, this is a good one. Um, I have a client of mine, and she is, she's a pet sitter, but she's unique in that her business is almost 100% referral through veterinarians she works in hospice, right? Oh. So the veterinarian sees a, a dog or a cat, and they know they're at the, at the end of their life, so they start taking a look at hospice options, which means they're going to need some medical care. And this client of mine, she's good with all the subcutaneous meds and all that other stuff, so she's got a unique niche. So for her, a lead magnet is going to be, hey, you know, don't sign up for my thing, but it might be, hey, here's nine, nine things that I've learned, you know, by helping pets cross the rainbow bridge or you know here's what you need to know to get prepared for your pet in hospice or so if i'm if i'm a a customer Mm -hmm. and i have an animal that is going that's getting ready to go through that process like what kind of things are going to make me what kind of questions am i going to have right i'm obviously i'm going to be angry right you're going to go through that whole the whole denial and all that other stuff but what's going to be important to me maybe they're just Maybe it's just inspirational stories. Maybe it could be here's nine ways to, um, you know, to memorialize your pet. You know, mm-hmm. we can talk about like bio urns and things of that nature where people can take their pet, have them cremated, and then have that turned into some sort of a beautiful tree or something in their backyard as a as a memory. Like, there's a lot of different ways that we can that we can put something together. But in its most basic and its most simple form, a lead magnet is really just something that you can give to people that has value. Mm-hmm. And they will in turn give you a name and an email because once you get that name and that email address from them, then you can go ahead and continue the conversation. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think. Right. So we have massage therapists, we have um, car detailers, uh, house cleaners, basically anybody who has a mobile service business that goes to people's homes and takes care of pets, people, etc. also a neat way to kind of give back to your customers or to your audience because you know it's it's not always all about the mighty dollar and I think as as pet sitters dog walkers those business owners are in it for the love of it and so you kind of do feel I think a lot of people feel a little bit guilty almost and they can kind of feel a little uh, I don't know I, I don't know if it's feeling icky or what but <laughs> like sales can be feeling a little icky sometimes <laughs> mhm Exactly. Yep. Yep. But I think that also giving out free, valuable content to your audience and to your customers, it makes you feel good, too. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
society goer, it's mm-hmm. going to come across, right? People right. are going to, people can leave that out. People have that kind of built-in radar that's like, hey, you know, if you're kind of, you know, jerky or whatever, that the people aren't going to want to do that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we can do the, the most amazing marketing, but if it's a person that you don't, that people don't like, or if it's a product that doesn't work, that's, that's a losing battle. So that, mm-hmm. that you're pushing uphill from day one, and it's never going to be successful. Right. Okay, so Mike, I wanted to ask you really quick, what are some of your most favorite email marketing platforms? What do you recommend to your customers? Well, um, I am, just to put this out there, I am an Infusionsoft certified consultant. Mm-hmm. So I am a fan of Infusionsoft. Okay. Um, some people call it Confusionsoft, and I totally get that. It's a little more complicated. <laughs> this, is my, this would be my suggestion, because a lot of times people can go from, from one platform into the next, into the next, right? They can kind of grow into it. So for something like an Infusionsoft, if you're not doing $150,000, $200,000 a year, I wouldn't even think about it, mm-hmm. right? If you're just getting started with email marketing, take a look at some of the other options that are out there. And, and what I would do is I would stick with the, I would stick with the larger mm-hmm. solutions. Like MailChimp or Constant Contact. Yeah, MailChimp, AWeber, and Constant Contact. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those, are the, those are the three, and I would probably, Constant Contact maybe, but they're even going to be I would say MailChimp and AWeber. Okay. Are, you know, for both of those, you can get started for less than twenty bucks a month. Both of them either have free trials or free versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the f- very first things that people are going to want to get set up on their website is something like this. Again, you know, when we talk about a lead magnet, you know, it can be it really can be anything of value. It can be, you know, the most common form that people probably see are things like special reports or how-to guides or stuff like that, but it mm-hmm. can be a simple email series. Mm-hmm. It can be, um, you know, two or three different emails in a row. You don't even have to put together a document. Mm-hmm. It can be a video. You can take people, get them to sign up, take them to a landing page, and teach them in 10 minutes what it was that you wanted to be able to teach them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do this, and a lot, and all of those options you can do inside of something like an AWeber. So for the project that we're working on right now, which we're calling, you know, the pet project because whatever. <laughs> because that was the, we didn't want to burn a bunch of hours worrying about a, pro, a product name. We're doing exactly that. So we're not building it out with Infusionsoft. We're building it out with AWeber because it's $19 a month and it's a great first step. Okay. And that, it just integrates into your website, collects. Is that landing pages or is it... Um... Or what is AWeber? <laughs> I'm not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. So AWeber is similar to MailChimp in that it's an email marketing platform. Mm-hmm. So what that does is, you know, you can send out messages from your Outlook or, or whatever you want to do. But when we're creating lead generators on our website, right, the idea mm-hmm. of having something on our website that's going to be able to get people to opt in and, and do this, we don't want to have to reply to them every time somebody comes in because, you know, they may be coming in at two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. You don't want right. to, you know, wait. So what we do is we integrate something like an AWeber where it's automatic. Mm-hmm. So AWeber will give us the ability to create a list. So if we have a lead magnet that says, you know, nine dog friendly or let's see here, nine pet friendly, you know, restaurants stores. in your city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, something, something like in city name here, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. So if we were to do something, um, something like that, like you create the list with that name and the list is just where those main 
create the form that you then put on your website. And I think Aweber and MailChimp both actually have WordPress plugins, so you don't even need to do any custom coding if you don't want to. You can just use a plugin and put it right there in your sidebar. Mm-hmm. And then you just craft the message. Mm-hmm. Here's your thing. You know, I mean, the first thing you got to do is if somebody says, hey, I'm going to give you my name and my email because I want what you say you have, the very first thing that you do is you send them a message and you say, well, here's that thing that I just promised you, right? You mm-hmm. start building that relationship from ground one. You start setting up those expectations, right? If, they, if I told you, hey, look, if you give me your name and your email, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. If I don't do that, then you're going to be like, well, Mike's full of crap. Like, he didn't even do what he said he was going to do, and it's just free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we want to start building that trust because there are so many people online that are flaky, you know, that are bad or that just won't follow up or do things like that. So we want to be able to do what we say we're going to do, build a little mm-hmm. bit, follow that relationship model, and then at the end of the day, let's make them an offer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come try us out. Yep. Yeah, it's it's Mike's magic formula. <laughs> yeah, and all of this can be done, you know, on your own. But there are professionals out there like Mike who you can contact and he can set all this up for you. He can train you to then take it on yourself or he can really just take it over completely and grow your business. Is that right, Mike? Until you get to the next level where then you can afford the, the more high-end service. Yep. Mm-hmm. Simple, but now you have the ability to convert 
visitor into a into a buyer. Now we can start looking at things like this is where blogging kicks in, right? Because then once you get blogging, then mm-hmm. you're really talking about a traffic flow, right? Or your newsletter is really about engagement. But you can put this information out into your newsletter and get this in front of your folks. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot. There's definitely a lot to it, you know. But if I had to, to you know, guide somebody or coach somebody, I would say take a step back and really understand what's happening first because the chances are you're probably going to do nine or ten things that you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Get the strategy right first and then be diligent about executing. Awesome. Okay, Mike, I have one more question really quick. <laughs> I'm coming up with all these questions on the fly here because I'm just so fascinated and I'm learning so much. So, um, so thank you. Same here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so really quick, you said that you get a lot of business from referrals, and you know, I I do as well. That's that's basically the number one way to get more clients, and and that's an awesome thing about Handler too is that we have the referral kind of explore page, which is local, and it's you know we're just putting out there these are all the businesses that your neighbors already use. Um, but as far as like email newsletters go, is there a way, like, have you found that there's a certain subject line or a certain type of newsletter that you can write to inspire people to share it with their friends? Or is there a way to kind of tap into that referral thing to, because I have, a, you know, we have a lot of clients with Dogs Energy, for instance, and I know that they, that in conversation, they'll mention us you know if somebody gets a new puppy oh you have to try out dogs energy they've been a lifesaver for us but is there a way to inspire people to refer you or recommend you more because the whole oh here's a free dog walk that doesn't really work because now you put a dollar amount on it and then that twenty dollars isn't worth their time it's like that psychological issue there um Mm-hmm. But I'm like, look, if you don't, coupons are great about getting people off the fence when they're early in your funnel. Right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody's new to my funnel, they don't know much about blind dog marketing. Maybe they heard me on a podcast and they're like, oh, let me go check this stuff out. This guy sounds kind of weird. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> 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 it, might be, it might be fun to hang out with or something. Oh, cool. They don't really know me from Adam. So really what I want to be able to do is I just want to be able to just kind of provide some Mm-hmm. Look, this is the kind of stuff that's going on. So, um, you know, is it going to be for everybody? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my phone just rang. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I had that on mute. <laughs> but, um, you know, I say the, the key is really going to be there are so many things that we can do with marketing, but really, I think people would be better spent to take a step back, take a look at what they really want to be able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So now in terms of email subject lines and newsletters and things of that nature, you can go out, you can do a Google search on, you know, best subject lines. I've got probably three or four of those documents on my desktop right now. Every time I come across one, I always grab them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, and that 
you Google like best email subject lines, the chances are is that those are going to take you to an opt-in page, and, it's, and you're going to be able to follow somebody's funnel. Mm-hmm. So that actually might not be a bad thing to do is go take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll kind of walk you through so you can see how the funnel works. You can see what pages there are. There's an opt-in, and there's a thank you, and then there's the, you know, the email follow-up. So that'll give you a good idea. Um, you know, what's really important, I think, is for people to understand what they want to be able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we were talking about earlier, like blogging typically is an SEO play, right? It's a traffic play for free traffic down the road. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the money that you're investing in creating content, distributing content, all that other stuff isn't going to pay until down the road. Um, newsletters are really all about engagement, right? SEO is about bringing in cold traffic. It's a top of funnel. Newsletters are kind of a middle funnel, right? These are people that already know about you. Maybe they're already customers or maybe they just opted in for one of your lead magnets. So with your, um, with your newsletter, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to just provide value, again, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If I'm a dog walker or a pet sitter, for example, I'm relatively certain that I could probably come up with 15 or 20 different articles that I could write about dogs that would be interesting to my customers. You know, A lot of times people that have um, dogs that are, that are lacking exercise, they think that it's a bad dog and it's really just a bored dog. Mm-hmm. Right? Dogs need the mental stimulation. It's not just running around, running around, running around. They need that mental stimulation. So if I'm a pet sitter, one of the pieces of content that I'm going to have in my funnel somewhere is definitely going to be something about puzzles and about how to keep your dog's brain busy. Mm-hmm. You know? Or when you talked about obese dogs, there's so, so many statistics about dog obesity. And, you know, I take my dog to the dog park every week, and I see them, and there are some fat dogs out there. <laughs> so you can totally write about that. And if somebody – and what's interesting is if you write an article about dog obesity, when you if somebody clicks on that link – you know something about them, right? You, you know they, they probably have a dog. They probably have a fat dog. <laughs> you know, so then you can take these marketing decisions, you can take these things that people are doing, and then you can take them down the path. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we started talking about... And it'll get shared. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is like, how do you get people to share things for you? Because... That you know, it's expensive to to pay for Facebook ads, but if you put that high quality out there, that uh, valuable content, people are going to share it for you, which means you're spending less on those ads. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there's a, and there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. We're we're actually looking at you know we're looking at different ways that we can um, get people excited early on in the process. So you know when we're running a webinar. So the, the, the product that we're working on right now, you know, it's not as expensive as if you came and had it totally custom built, but it's still going to be, you know, 500000 bucks, something like that, plus some sort of a monthly fee. So there's, it's, not in, it's not inexpensive. The people for this product are going to be people that are really looking to make a difference. These mm-hmm. are going to be people that are looking to build their business and grow. So when I'm writing the marketing for that, when I'm running my Facebook ads, I'm going to have my funnel already built out, and I'm going to talk about those things that are interesting to those people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, who's not going to spend $1,000 on, on their marketing in 2017 is going to be, um, you know, the, the local mom pet sitter that has four clients and just does it out of the kindness of her heart or she does it to earn some, you know, to keep busy or whatever. Like, that's not my customer. Mm-hmm. My customer is somebody that wants to make a difference. Somebody that usually wants to make some sort of a, you know, has a cause behind them mm-hmm. because they've got a mission. And the yeah. mission is 
Awesome. Mike, do you have a favorite quote that you live by as a business owner? Mm-hmm. But I think one of my favorite quotes is, um, success isn't for those people that want it or those people that need it. Success is for those people that do it, right? Mm. And that, what that does is that reminds me that to be successful, I need to be working. It's, it's, it's relatively easy, and especially when you have entrepreneurs that maybe don't have huge budgets and they have to kind of do this stuff themselves to get started. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, but a lot of times it's really easy to get stuck in learning mode. But at a certain point, you just have to kind of close your eyes, take what you know, and, and let it rip, right? Because version one. So true. Yep, it's so true. I mean, I, I I get I get addicted to the learning phase <laughs> because it feels good and it's fun. But then it's really you just need to do it and you need to put one foot in front of the other and start somewhere and really start applying. Um yes. If you take a look at the SEO that we were talking about before, I mean you're saying blogging once a week for 6 months and then you can start to see results. That's dedication. Yep. And and that's what I'd like to say to our listeners um, is, you know what, turn off this podcast and go and do one thing that's going to get you closer to your goal. Even if it's emailing Mike (laughs) about the pet project, or if it's writing one blog post that maybe you don't think is like the best thing in the world, but just get it out there, put it out there, do it and start handling it. All right. Awesome. So, Mike, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. If, if, so if anybody has questions or if they want to do anything like that, they can either just email me, just mike at blackdogmarketing.com, or they can just come by the website. There's forms and there's all kinds of, you know, we've got freebies, free downloads, and, and there's kinds of stuff. So if you want to start, you know, kind of getting started just thinking about stuff, like, okay, what's the first step? What's this? What's that? You know go bounce around if you have any questions let me know and we'll go from there great and that's blackdogmarketing.com right awesome well thank you so much mike this has been amazing i learned a ton i hope our listeners did too and i really appreciate you being on our show today yeah it's no problem i I really appreciate you having me it was great tons of fun all right (laughs) thanks mike talk to you soon all right bye-bye